Hello, mud bugs, and welcome back to Clay at Our Core, podcasting about pottery from the corner of Montgomery Road and Hudson Avenue in peace-loving Norwood, Ohio. I'm your clay pal, Ann Saker. Today we continue the series I call Teacher Feature, shining a little warm light on the good folks who teach classes here at Core Clay. In episode 24, Mike O'Neill, who teaches beginner wheel throwing on Monday nights, discussed his years-long journey with clay. In this episode 43, we're sitting down with Dana Maxstaller, who teaches wheel throwing on Wednesday nights. First, though, yet another update on in the drama of our Bailey gas kiln. Cold pastor Laura Davis informs today that we are going to push back our monthly first Friday kiln opening to the second Friday, August 11th, mainly so we can fill up the kiln with your wares. So mark your calendars, mud bugs. There's a big Bailey kiln opening, 615 August 11th. That's a Friday. And if you want to get into this reduction firing, have your wares on the glaze room carts by Monday, August 7th. Also, please, please be sure to stop in at Mason Gallery to check out the show, A Bowl Out of Love, running through August 11th. I hope you've had a chance to come into the studio and admire the new all-genders bathroom signs made by Z Boyle, our intern from the UC DAP School. And now for Dana Maxstaller. Dana was going to tell her story during our live storytelling event in March to kick off the Ensika conference. But the poor dear fell ill that day, and ever since, I've wanted to get Dana on the podcast to tell her story about embracing the ceramic arts. She's been mighty busy this summer with City Fair and other shows, but I finally nailed her down for this great chat. Have a listen. It's always good to be in the studio, right? Oh no my matter gosh. what. It's my favorite place. You it know is. that I'm here almost every weekend. I know. And it's the best you know, Wednesdays and an occasional Monday. Yes, we're going to talk about all that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so what are you working on now? What just came out of the kiln for you? Oh, I have a shelf full of stuff, which is super exciting. Nice. Lots of stuff come back for an upcoming market I have. Um, I'm experimenting with this idea of, like, build your own charcuterie platter. So you get your charcuterie big plate, you get four to six small plates, and then you can add on from dips Ooh to olive jars, to like where you put your jam and your mustards, to a wine holder. So I'm like, I like to think it's like build your own charcuterie adventure. I love it. Yeah, we're going to test it. Who knows what, how it will sell, but I'm excited about I it. I love that. I think that's one of the things I really love about your work, Dana, is that you're always having sort of this creativity when it comes to how can people incorporate ceramics into their eating life, into their drinking life, into their life life. Yeah, I thank you so much, first off. I'm also amazed because um, I see something and I can tell you 25 uses for it. Um, and I don't think that's the way everyone experiences work. I think sometimes it's like, it looks like a vase, therefore it has to be a vase. And so after my last market, I had this idea of like, let's be very intentional about what the thing is. So this is our charcuterie board. Can you use it for other things? Yeah. Do I want a big salad on it? Fantastic. Nice. But I'm I wanted to give my shoppers like a little bit more direction of what they're using. Right. Because I had friends stop by and they're like, I love this. What could I do with it? And I'm like, well, it's a vase, but it could also be a utensil holder. It could also be just a statement piece in your home. And so I'm trying the little more intentional route for this next market to see how that helps my shoppers. 
Or do they like the vague pieces, though it can be whatever you want? Right. So we'll see. Isn't that interesting? That's a, that's a fascinating angle at, at which to come at this because I think artists in general think, well, I'm just going to make this beautiful thing and someone will instantly see its, in its intrinsic value and will sweep it away for thousands of dollars. And it does not work like that, does it, Dana? It does not. And I really wish my stuff would sell for $1,000. <laughs> but no, you know, it's uh, you learn each market. And right. I have stuff that I will sell and people come for it. Uh, my spice jars sell really well. Last market, I didn't sell a single one. So you never really know what you're getting into. So it, like, like you said, it's an adventure. But I get excited about um, creating new things that people will use in their homes right. and will find multiple uses right. for it drinking, eating, whatever it may be. Dana, I think you are known, especially to a lot of our listeners here who are studio members, uh, because you are a regular teacher here at Core Clay, isn't yes, that right? Yes, I am. And I, what are you teaching now at Core Clay? I teach the beginner night classes on, okay. excuse me, the beginner classes on Wednesday night. Right. Um, that's my time slot and I, I love it. You um, do. What do you love about teaching? I, oh man, that's a big question. I think mostly I love people that are experiencing clay for the first time and typically class four and five when they start getting the hang of it. So instead of it being like as frustrating, um, they're starting to navigate the fun of it and the more meditative practice that I think throwing can bring us. I always tell my students, I'm going to make this look really easy because I've done it for a while, but um, it's not going to be that simple right away. Right. And it's a practice and it's coming to the wheel and like showing up as yourself and seeing what you get out of it. Sure. And I, I love helping people with that journey. And even more so when I see that they become studio members, it's such um, an exciting time to see how their work progresses and how they can enjoy the wheel or some find that they like hand building more, but right. it just gives them this step into the studio space that I think is such a collective community of really fine individuals. I couldn't agree with you more. There is a feeling of uh, brigadoon, I think, in the studio, that we create this little space where we, are all, we all bring our artistic selves here, and then when we're not here, poof, that brigadoon disappears. But the building is always here, and that's reassuring, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It is, and I, what I love about this space is I actually have a wheel at home but I work from home now. And so I come into the studio for the people right. and for the time and the community, also the resources and tools. Right. There are some great things that um, ha we have here that I don't have at home, but really it's just this community that um, challenges me to get better, inspires me. I see work coming through, even from my beginners of just ideas that they have or how they're willing to push themselves in the class to make a little bit bigger of a plate um, that inspires me too. Going yeah. from a pound of clay to a pound and a half to two pounds, like that, that feeling, sort of like in weight training, you get a little bit better with more of the practice. I tell Absolutely. my students that too. You don't go from 10 to 50 pounds, you go from 10 to 15. And it's the same with clay, and it's that practice of coming together and experiencing the people, the environment, um, the collaboration. It's really all in nice one, this nice little package right here. 
Dana, are you a Cincinnati person? Where are you from? I am Cincinnati, born and bred. All so, right. Yes. Where'd you go to high school? <laughs> I went to Finneytown High School. Finneytown High School. Yes, Woo! yes. I, um, What's that? The Finney, the, the fighting what? The fighting rooster? Wildcats. Fighting Wildcats yes. at Finneytown High. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. Yes, I played soccer there. That was wow. my, um, I wouldn't, I don't know, claim to fame because we, we uh, weren't necessarily the best. We got better. Um, but, you know, it. It is, Finneytown is dear to me because my family is still there, but also because I was really introduced to the arts at Finneytown High School. All right. Shout yeah. out to the art teachers at uh, Finneytown High School. Yes. So that probably segues nicely into my next question, which is, tell me the Dana Clay journey. Oh, that's that's a great one. So I um, first experienced Clay in high school. I We had a, a few wheels at my high school and I learned how to throw. And um, it How was, old were you then? Oh, probably sophomore, junior in high okay. school um, was the first time I worked with Clay. And we did a lot of hand-building stuff, too. Um, and then I went to Wittenberg University, where I studied communication and business and almost minored in art, but um, I didn't want to take art history because it was the hardest class at the university. And my memorization skills are not great, and so memorizing famous artists and their work was not something that I wanted to um, have hit my GPA. I got I that, yeah. right on. But I was able to get really involved with the art program at Wittenberg, and I took um, ceramics, I think from my sophomore year through my senior year, and got really involved in wheel throwing and got close to the professor um, and worked alongside of him to produce our empty bowls that happened in Springfield at Wittenberg. Um, and just like empty bowls here, through bowls, the money went back to charity. And I think that really inspired me to think about how my work can also have impact, not uh-huh. just for its beauty or the way that it's used in a home, but how can it actually give back financially to those that are in our community? And that then inspired this idea of you know, giving, um, donating proceeds when it comes to selling work. But before that piece happened, I um, went to graduate school at the University of Cincinnati where I have a master's degree in communication. Okay. And that sort of segued me into the creative scene here in Cincinnati. So I work for LPK, I'm a brand leader, and we do um, branding and innovation, we're a consultancy. And so I've always been in the creative agency world, producing different types of creative, but as the client service person. So I'm the organizer, I'm the doer, I'm the connector of the dots between my clients and my creatives. And I was just sort of feeling this rub of like, I need to do my own work um, when it came to creativity. And so early in my career, I was walking through Walnut Hills and um, this was before LPK, this was before my time um, at, at this current agency, but I was walking around and I saw the summer, not summer, spring pottery fair. fair. Yeah. Spring pottery fair. And I was like, oh, I missed this. Like I could maybe do this. I should check it out. And um, I was living in East Walnut Hills and Core Clay at that time was in Walnut Hills. And I was like, I'm going to take the beginning class. So I credit Core Clay a ton for bringing me back to pottery. And while I was doing the beginner class, it clicked. I fell in love with it. And um, I started thinking, what more could happen? And I was daydreaming with some of my creative friends because that's what we do. I have an awesome group of 
designers and copywriters that are all my people that I've met through my creative journey outside of the pottery studio and decided that I should start my own business. And so my best friend um, came into Clay and bought me my first month shelf rental wow. and said, you got to start your business. Don't take more classes. Let's just do it. And Kin Ceramics came alive. Kin, K-I-N, Yes, K-I-N. And the thing that I think is the most important is that the reason my business's name is Kin is because we're all in this together. We're all family. And that's from the family that helped me run my business, from my dad showing up at shows to help me set up and my mom working the booth, to my friends that are my family that have really fed into the business and inspired me and kept me creating, to the fact that I donate 10% into I donate 10% to Women Helping Women. Of all your proceeds from your sales. Yes. And what is it about Women Helping Women? I, we should tell our listeners that Women Helping Women is an advocacy organization here in the Southwest Ohio region that uh, assists domestic violence survivors and other women who are suffering uh, difficulties uh, just getting along in life. So, yeah. right? Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. So. Women Helping Women is something that's near and dear to me because I was in an emotionally abusive relationship and through that um, experienced some extreme PTSD coming on the out the other side of the right. relationship. And there was a pivotal moment, and I've talked about it before, um, in which my mom said to me, I don't know how to help you, so I called Women Helping Women. And the background is that my mom's a therapist. For, so for a therapist's mother to say, I'm not sure how to show up for you because right. this relationship is bad. Right. Um, it uh, in the moment was hard, but even coming out of that moment became more difficult to understand. Like I was really in this bad situation, right? And women, just how bad was yeah, this? Yeah, yeah, it was. And you know, it is. Um, it has changed me, and I think I really like who I am today. But I have had to grow a lot from that relationship. Yeah. Um, personally, professionally, it affected every aspect of my life. And women helping women was there at the time for my mom when she needed additional resources to help me get out of the relationship. And I just think it is such a big piece, once again, of my journey is giving back. And so I wanna use this as a platform to talk about um, how I give back and to let women know that they're not alone and that we are all kin. And that comes back to the name of my business. I love that. We are all family, we are in this together and we have to help each other. So if you come to my markets and you are in my booth, you will see signs that talk about how I donate proceeds to Women Helping Women. Um, I give 10% back each year, and it's always my favorite holiday thing to do yeah. is to look through my sales and to give that donation because there are women that are struggling out there to get out of a relationship, and Women Helping Women does everything from supporting them through um, making sure that they have their meals, that they have safety and assistance of getting out, to um, source resources after you get out. And that's something that I have utilized since then is just having someone else to talk about these things to. For sure. Um, and I think, you know, we present one way in life. And I don't think I present, I think I, I think I do present as a strong woman. But Absolutely, <laughs> 100%. But it doesn't mean that I haven't gone through things. And so I think part of what I'm trying to do with Kin Ceramics is I'm trying to put beauty into the world when it comes to my work but I'm also trying to normalize tough conversations. And so when someone comes in my booth and they ask about why I donate to Women Helping Women, I tell them my story. Now, the length of that story varies on the person, sure. but I share and we try to normalize the conversation. And that's something that I'm really proud of, getting to a place where 
I do feel like I can be an advocate and that I can um, be an educator and not a victim because my victimhood was very short and I am a survivor. Preach on that, right on. Congratulations there. Thank you. That was a question I was going to ask you, Dana, the response you get from people uh, to your sign in your booth where you give your uh, proceeds. People are super supportive. Um, I, you know, you have the, the one-off person that comes in and they're like, well, shouldn't men help men too? And um, the answer is yes. <laughs> We should all help each other. We it's should help each other. <laughs> um, no, but honestly, the reception is amazing. I will have people that will actually go back and pick up more to buy because they're like, I want to support this organization. And I don't do a personal donation to them, but I know you're going to. It's been great. I mean, honestly, it um, it's opened up conversations. It's opened up people that have worked there previously that were advocates that are like, I worked there. That's amazing, too. Mm -hmm my child has used their services so i've used their services and you have this i have an instant connection with those people to just know the same things that are important to you are important to me and i see you and like in this surrounding you are my kid in this environment we are together and we are seen and we are comfortable and i'm so glad you're taking a piece of my work home to remind you of that beauty i find it so touching that we are using art in this way because this has been a taboo conversation. It still is a taboo conversation on many levels for uh, men and women to have. And I like that, we, that you have found this interesting way to crack open this door. I don't think people would expect to be talking about domestic violence when they go to a craft fair. No. Or when they walk into a, potter, a potter's uh, booth in a craft fair. Yeah. So I love that this is a, very, a nice little door that you open to them. To help. It's not... I don't think it, you, you don't intend it to be a downer, but you're no. just trying to, your point here is to do what? What do you do with this? Um, and if I have helped one person or right. opened up one door, I've right. done my work. Right. Um, and honestly, just the giving back of the proceeds is me doing my work. Yes. But really, um, money is wonderful and we need that. I am very excited about the donation I make each year, but I'm more excited about normalizing the conversation. Yeah. And um, it helps me normalize it, right? I am much more comfortable having the conversation about my experience with PTSD and an emotionally abusive relationship now than I was four or five years ago when I started my work. It was a push for me. And you know, when, I, when people first look at my logo, if you're really savvy, you'll notice there's a little hidden L in it. So it's a play on kin, kiln, Cute. what we fire in. Cute. And so at first I would talk a little bit more about you know, that play on words and mention women helping women. And it was more of like a period end of sentence, we're gonna leave it there. And over the years, it's just, now I'm on your, the podcast, I've um, taken the stage multiple times to talk about my experience right. in spaces that are both just storytelling spaces, but also directly um, related to the arts. And both spaces, I feel very strongly about my mission, the work that I'm doing, how kin is just as important to me as my story is and how they all play together. And so I I didn't know at first if I could really intersect the two things, but I'm so glad I did. And it's, it's really exciting to me to see the response that I've gotten. I, that is the powerful thing about the arts, isn't it? It really does yes. allow us to talk about anything. Yes. Anytime. Yes. Well, I congratulate you for this, Dana, because that is really that is truly public service. Thank you. Your art is moving uh, moving people in a good direction, and that's a really amazing thing to 
deep down and to know about yourself. Thank you. Well and, done there. And, you know, I have to say, even if you just come and you shop and you um, compliment a piece and you don't actually buy, um, I, of course, love when you buy. I love the fact, not just for the financial benefit, but more so the fact that my work that I intentionally created is being and it's being put into your home and right. is something that you use and that brings you joy. I love seeing my repeat shoppers. There's a mom and daughter that I always see at City Flea, and it's just so wonderful to see them together. And we stop by and chat. I've made the most amazing connections with other makers in the community. Um, we all know each other by our business names, and it's always that funny <laughs> moment when you're like, oh, your first name is. Uh -huh. And I'm like, I'm actually Dana, not Ken. <laughs> I am Ken, but you know. Um, but yeah, that, the, the moment for me of just having people interact with my work, with, which is something, as I mentioned before, so good for my mental health, centering yourself at the wheel, centering yourself in the space. I can get on a soapbox of how we are all so very interconnected sure. um, with that, but really pottery's been such a strong piece of my mental health journey. Amen to that. Yeah. So let me ask you now the, uh, th first of all, thank you very much for, for enlightening us about that because that is an important component to this, is seeing other dimensions of the work that yeah, you do. thank you. So let me ask you what I call the Laura Davis question. Ooh, yeah, Laura Davis like, yeah, the question. Laura Davis question, which is, what do you wish, what do you know now that you wish you had known when you had started pottery? How it would change my life. I wish that I, maybe it's not a wish, maybe it's more of gratitude of what I know now is that pottery is a piece of my soul, and I don't think I realized that. When I first started, um, when I came back to it, I will say that there was there was some time off and then I took the beginner's class here. I didn't realize that it was gonna become a part of my DNA, that my work was gonna be an expression, that it was going to be something that I spend my time doing in a way that doesn't feel, um, it feels invigorating, it doesn't feel like it's draining me. Right. And that I can't imagine a point in my life without it. Right. There's no, I don't think there's a stepping away from it time. And I don't think I knew the power of that connection that I'd make with the people here. I had no idea the power of the connection it would lead me to when it came to talking about my personal life experiences um, and just the community that it has given me both at the studio and at markets and at, for my shoppers. Um, it's truly changed me. And I would say on the not so deep and poetic side of the situation, if I think about what I'm trying to teach my beginners and what I know as their instructor is that you're going to mess up, it's going to fail, and have a short memory. Like I love the Ted Lasso idea of being a goldfish and forget what happens. Just like let it go, forget what happens. And that is such a practice that I think being at the wheel has taught me that it doesn't have to be perfect. It probably won't be perfect. You're gonna flop. You're gonna get this piece back from the kiln, which I just did, and my glaze ran too much. Mm. And it just is like, oh man, it's a gut-wrenching feeling, but it's it's forget those things. It's focus on the good, and it's, it's going to get easier the more you practice. Right. And Amen. I just, you know, I think as a beginner, you come in and you think it's gonna be like this super meditative, beautiful process because most of the time what we see on the internet is, and like, and let's just be real, in life in general on the internet, it looks pretty great. Right. Everyone's thriving. Totally. FOMO all, all the way. Yes. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, but when you get into the work, it is actual work. And it so um, 
I think that this journey was not linear. Um, there was a lot of growth and learning and um, I always tell my beginners, please come back to the second class because it gets easier. Please come back to the third class. And they laugh me off and I'm like, no, really, keep coming back because it gets easier the more you practice. Yes. Dana, it's such a pleasure to talk with you. You are a ray of sunshine oh, here in the studio. It's just always a thrill thank to you. see you in here. Thank you so very much for talking with Clay at our core about your process and your practice. And I encourage everybody to uh, go to Dana's next market, which will be? Yes, so I will be showing at City Flea in September and October. Great. And then holidays are always a really fun time. Um, and I have to tell you, my goal, and I'm saying it on this podcast, do so it. That all the members hold me to it. Bring it down. That I don't wait so long to start my making for the holiday time. So if mm. you see me around the studio in September and October, ask me how my tr Christmas trees are coming. Are the little Christmas right. lanterns, have I started? Because, right. you know, it, it creeps up on you. It sure does. It sure it does. It sure does. Gosh, Christmas. Wow. <laughs> anyway, thanks, Dana. Yes. It's great to talk with you today. Mudbugs, Dana Maxstaller has been a huge inspiration for me because she marries her creativity with her entrepreneurship. Please make sure you visit her Instagram feed at Kin Ceramics, K-I-N Ceramics. Her next six-week wheel-throwing class begins August 23rd, and there are seats available. Now is the time to learn from Dana. Be sure to hit the like and subscribe buttons, Mudbugs, and go ahead and share Clay at our core. You'll want to lean in for the next few episodes in particular as we present interviews with some of our artists and residents. So click on that notification button to stay current. That's all for episode 43, Mudbugs. This is your Clay Powell, Ann Saker, hoping that the kiln gods are smiling upon you. <laughs>